frequency of heaven I wanna be Hello and welcome to the Frequency of Heaven podcast. This is Pastor Caleb Plum, Stony Point Christian Church, KCK, Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, how's your day going? I hope you're having a good day. I am down in our church park and it is glorious. It is 61. It feels way hotter than 61. I actually have black jeans on and, I'm, and a long sleeve shirt. I'm getting hot. But it is glorious. And this is the day the Lord is made. God is so good. His word is alive and it's active. It, it is sharper than a double-edged sword, God's word. And it penetrates the dividing soul and spirit and joints and marrow. And it helps us. It guides us. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. You know, sometimes the word of God is like peroxide. <laughs> and and um, we may have wounds and hurts and pains and we need the word of God to go in there. And it might sting, but it cleans and it heals and it prevents infection. And I have a message on my heart today. I know this sounds strange. I, I don't think I've ever done a lesson or a sermon even on this, but I felt like I was supposed to teach on the sin of lying and why we shouldn't lie, what lying really is, all the ways we kind of let, uh, we forget to let our yes be yes and our no be no, and um, and all the consequences of lying. And you know what? I This is for me. And the more I studied this, I've been studying this for hours, yesterday and today. I needed this. I just needed this. You know, we know what lying is, but sometimes we we tell half-truths and other things. And there's some really, really convicting scriptures. And you know what? One of the biggest reasons I felt like God wanted me to talk about this today was I've been talking about 1 John 3, 8 and this this message I kept getting when I was praying with Sandy and it says, destroy Satan's works. And if you go to John 8, 43 and verse through 47, it says Satan's the father of lies. His native tongue is lying. I mean, and he just goes on and on about how big of a liar he is. One of the things that God wants to destroy, one of the works of Satan, God wants to destroy all around us and in us is uh, all this, all any any and all falsehood, any and all deception. It's just one of those areas. If you've been a Christian while, you know these things. It's just a good review, but it's, it's, it's like doing the spring cleaning. It's like a maintenance. Probably won't learn anything new today, but I hope um, God will do a great work in our heart and get us going on the right track. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you, and we we thank you for your word. God, sometimes there's these podcasts you give me, they're, they're in, in, they infuse us with life and joy, and there's just living water and they're fun to do and and it, it, it pumps us up. But then there's other times I, I can tell you, you want to do a maintenance. You want to get in there. It's like doing an oil change. It's not fun, but you got to do it to keep your, your truck going. And so Lord, whatever it is you want to do today, come with the power of your spirit in Jesus name. You know, one time I cut my, near my wrist, I, mean, I got the scar right here below my watch band, and I cut it really bad. I was working on an old rusty trailer with my brother. I was probably 15, he's probably 17, and we were taking the boards off this trailer, and I was using a pry bar, and anyway, I ended up slipping and falling, and there's a nail sticking up, rusty nail. 
And so we jumped, my brother jumped in the car and he ran me over to the nursing home where my mom was working. She said, come over here. And, you know, my mom's this tough old nurse, farm girl. And, uh, you know, she she brought me over to sink and she just grabbed this bottle of peroxide, started dumping. <laughs> and uh, it didn't feel real good. And then she butterflied it and uh, I, I was okay. We didn't get stitches or anything. But, you know, sometimes God's words like that. There's a cleaning that he wants to do. I feel, I want to start here in Luke 20. This is where I felt like God went um, yesterday. I was just sitting with the Lord, and I felt like he wanted me to read. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit of this, and I'm going to go to Acts 5. But why, Why? And when God's word says uh, in 1 John 3, 8, that Jesus came to destroy the devil's works. Now read how they ended up getting Jesus arrested and killed. Man, you can see Satan working hard here. But the, the method, almost everything he did was deception and lies. And God wants to destroy that. It says in Luke 23, verse 1, Then the whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We have found this man subverting our nation. No, they haven't. <laughs> Lie. He's leading the nation in the right way. He opposes payment to taxes to Caesar. No, he doesn't. He said, Give to Caesar what is Caesar's? They're just flat outlined and claims to be the Messiah, a king. Yes, that that actually is true, but not of this world, he would tell. So that's a half-truth because they're using it as like a political king. And Jesus didn't come to be a political king. So Pilate asked, are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus said. Now, if you go to John 18, he said, my kingdom's not of this world. So he clarifies, he's not threatening Pilate. Then Pilate announced to the chief priest and crowd, I find no basis to charge this man. He stirs up the people all over Judea by his teaching. No, they would go around after him and stir up the people by <laughs> with their teaching. He started in Galilee, has come all the way here. So he goes on and on and on. Let's go over to... Um, Acts chapter 5 is another place. And this is something I, I definitely felt in my heart the Lord wanted me just to clean up. You know, um, one of Sandy's, I asked Sandy, uh, just randomly, um, in, I think in October or November, what her favorite psalm was. And she said Psalm 19. And you know, at the end of Psalm 19, it says, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. You know, David is saying, God, I want to get rid of all deceit. I want to get all rid of all lying. God, I want everything I say, everything I think to be pleasing to you. And we know right off the bat, God said in the Ten Commandments, you shall not lie. You should not bear false testimony. And um, and I, he I see here in 1 Kings 8, 39, it says, Here in heaven, your dwelling place, forgive and act and render to each one according to all his ways. Whose heart you know, this is Solomon praying, God, whose heart you know, for you alone know the hearts of the Son of Man. He knows everything in our heart, every truth, every falsehood, and everything about us. He knows. And so he's trying um, to get us to, to be people who speak truth. And uh, it motivates me when I find out that Satan's the father of lies. I don't want to associate. What was the first thing that Satan did with the Eve? Did God really say? He, it, it, that, see, that wasn't a flat-out lie. It was questioning the truth. It was a type of lie. But it's just as John, 4, or John 8 says, his native language. Listen to um, it says in Psalm 58.3, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray from birth speaking lies. You know, the Bible says that there's a wickedness 
attached to lying. And, um, you know, we all can get to, to telling lies or, or to saying things are not exactly true. And I, I found from my own life, um, as I was thinking about this, and I was telling Melody on, on our walk, or I, as we were talking, I don't think we did a walk yesterday, but I was telling her yesterday about my podcast. I was like, you know, I don't think that I can remember a time telling a bold-faced lie where I knew a truth and I was intentionally saying the exact opposite. And uh, so some of you, you grew up in a church, you're like me, you, you, you would, like at the drop of a hat, you say, no, I don't lie. But then I get to looking at, at some of these ways that we, because it says in Colossians 3, get rid of all falsehood. It says in Ephesians 4.25, get rid of all falsehood, speak truthfully. And I was like, well, you, there are ways. Let, let me read you some, um, before I read here in Acts chapter 5, let me read you some types of lies. We're going to see Ananias and Sapphira did some of these. This is, I just did a Google search. Don't know exactly the background of this article, but I think these are all true. Here's t 12 types of lying, okay? Pretending to be someone they are not. Creating a cover story of where you've been and what you've been doing. Um... Burying the lead. You know, if you have a, uh, of course, this would be something like cops do. There's a lead for something. But there, there's some kind of truth that could come out that could be helpful. And you kind of just sweep that under the roof. Half-truth. Diverting or distracting. Minimizing how something is, is making it sound. Now, if you... Every day on the news and, and in politics, I feel like they do about five of these. Exaggerating. That's the one we're going to see here in Acts chapter 5. Denying the truth. Withholding information. Selective memory. You know, us men, we're often accused from our wives of having selective hearing and sometimes having selective memory. And then just straight up lying. There's all kinds of falsehoods. You know, I uh, one thing I do think that I do sometimes is not godly is... You know, like when your wife says, do I look okay in this dress? Okay, is that a lie? There's like these gray issues, right? <laughs> like, is it a lie to, to not hurt someone's feelings? And so we have to have the spirit. Remember, in John 17, the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. Satan's the father of lies. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. If we want to walk in the spirit, we cannot participate in these lies. You know... Right here before I read uh, Acts chapter 5. Do you remember when Jesus came in John chapter 1 and he found the disciple named Nathaniel? And he came to him and Nathaniel was under this tree. And you can go back there in John chapter 1 and read about that. But he sees Nathaniel and he says to him, Hey, here is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Now, that's what we're looking for. I think that's John chapter 147. Chapter 1, verse 47. Jesus was looking for a disciple. And I love that phrase. Now, if we say, okay, have you ever, have you lied recently? Most people say, no. Have you had any form of deceit in your life? Well, you know, <laughs> now we're dealing with all these gray issues. And we don't want to get legalistic. We don't want to badger people. I'm asking for you, and I'm trying for myself to do a deep clean. You know, if Satan is the liar, and we start with any kind of deception, and that kind of opens a door for him. 
And that's his native tongue. That's who he is. We don't want to have, the Bible says in Romans 12, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. We don't want to have anything to do with his ways. So let's read the story of Ananias and Sapphira. You've heard it uh, many times, but this is a type of of deceit. Um, And what has happened is a man named Barnabas has given a big financial gift to the church and everyone thought he was awesome. Gave him a nickname even. (laughs) Son of encouragement. So Ananias and Sapphira thought, well, you know, if we look like super Christians, people will love us too. And so they do this in Acts chapter 5. Now a man named Ananias together with his wife Sapphira, they sold a piece of property with his wife's full knowledge. He kept back part of the money for himself and he brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. I want to tell you right now, what they're trying to do to look a little more spiritual than they are, I know for a fact I've done. And I I praise God I didn't drop dead like they did. But I also think we need to look at this and say, hey, you know, obviously God hates this and he doesn't always punish it with capital punishment, but we need to be sensitive to any and all deceit in our lives. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you've lied to the Holy Spirit and kept for yourself some of the money that you received? Now, most people don't believe that they had to give, you know, the Bible says give a tenth of 10%. But the the idea here is they have made it appear that they are giving all this money, but they actually haven't. So they are exaggerating. And I'm going to tell you right now, um, I... <laughs> you heard someone say, I never exaggerate. Okay, that was an exaggeration. <laughs> I know that I struggle. I really have to watch... Because, you know, to make things sound, but we live in a world where everything's so impressive and so so awesome and we want to look bigger and sound better and, and more spiritual than we really are, you know? And sometimes you'll hear someone telling a testimony and they're exaggerating about how bad they used to be and they're making it sound even worse than they really were. So there's we can exaggerate on how good we were. We can exaggerate on how bad we were. We don't want to. We want, it says in Matthew 5, to let our yes be yes and let our no be no. Anything else is from the evil one, Jesus says. So, um, verse 4, didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to human beings, but to God. And so he's going to fall dead. His wife's going to come in. She's going to agree with the lie, and she's going to fall dead. And the fear is going to interrupt in the whole church. And then actually the church is going to grow because the fear of the Lord is there. So, now, as we get into this, um, I just have several things I want to read to you. And it, this, this is like a peroxide. This is like a cleaning of our heart to get us on the frequency of heaven. Because you know what? You cannot be on the frequency of heaven if there's deceit in you. Why? The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And so when you have any deceit and falsehood in you and you're trying to be something you're not or you're neglecting something or you're sweeping something under the rug that you should be dealing with, whatever it is, that deceit or that falsehood, you're not. You're not it's like having a dirty radio receiver that that's blocked you know you're not going to hear clearly from god and so it's such an important thing for the frequency of heaven listen to the seven deadly sins in proverbs 6 you you remember the seven deadly sins that solomon mentions think about this for a minute there are six things the lord hates seven that are an abomination to him haughty eyes a lying tongue hands that shed innocent blood a heart that devises wicked schemes isn't that deceitful wicked schemes feet that make haste to run to evil a false witness obviously that's directly connected to lying who breathes out lies and who sows discord among the brethren half I, I, until I did this study I 
half of the seven deadly sins are directly connected to lying. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, I, I think this message is important because, you know, I, I remember someone saying once, I grew up, a kid said this, I grew up hearing my mom or dad, I can't remember which one it was, pick up the phone and say, I'm too sick to come into work today. And then they go off and do whatever they wanted. It's a little white lie to get out of work, telling their boss they were sick and they weren't. What does that do to a child? It says, you know, there's big lies that really hurt people, but then there's white lies to get what you want. You know, we create these different levels of lies, but any way that we do it, Satan has a way of, and I, I could tell my own stories of ways that, in particular, when I've tried to put a spin on stuff to make it sound a certain way. And I really, as I was studying this, came under conviction about that. You know, there, how many times that Melanie, I was telling her, you know, as I was studying this and coming under conviction, you know, how many times you said, how are you doing? And I'll, I will say, I'm fine. Now she knows, all right, we've been married 20, almost 24 years. She knows when I'm lying. <laughs> when I'm not, and I and I said, well, see, I know that you know that I'm lying, and really, what I'm saying is, I just want to be left alone. <laughs> so, is it really a lie? You see, there's this gray area you know, that that we kind of compromise and give into. Now, here's something that's real interesting. I found this from some medical websites and some things online. This is not from the Bible. This is not Christian based. This is science based about lying. Listen to what this says: lying can be cognitively depleting. It increases the risk that people will be punished. It can threaten people's self-worth by preventing them from seeing themselves as good people. And it can generally erode trust in a society. Even pagan atheist non-believers see that lying is a problem. Here's another one. When we lie, regardless of whether they're big or small, our bodies respond. Lying can trigger an increased heart rate, high blood pressure, and elevated levels of stress hormones in the blood. Psychologists have found, uh, found this. Over time, they can take a significant toll on mental and physical health. Wow! Now, the Bible says, you know, if you let the sun go down on your anger, you give Satan a foothold. And uh, the Bible also says in Proverbs 4 that if you actually follow the Word of God, that the Word of God can bring health to your bones. And part of that is getting rid of all the lying that the Word of God is trying to help us to get rid of. Uh, let me read this one again, Matthew 5, 37. I remember my mom was, was firm on this when I was growing up. She would say this, Matthew 5, 37. Let, Caleb, let your yes be yes and your no be no, and I think my youth minister would bring this up. Anything more is from the evil one. If you're sitting there trying to spin something, trying to twist, trying to make it sound a certain way, chances are you're flirting with deception, let your yes. Now, why do we do that? Sometimes we do it in pride. We're trying to make something sound better. Sometimes we're afraid. If I say the truth just flat out, and we need to be respectful, but we also, we need to consider what, what is the Lord telling us here? And how do, we, how do we do this in a way that brings honor to Him? Okay, now I want to get into this. This is the um, consequences, okay? The Bible has tons of stuff here on consequences. Sorry, I'm down here in the park and, my, and the wind is blowing just a little bit. So my papers are making some noise. L listen to what this says, Psalm 101, verse 6. My eyes uh, will be on uh, the faithful in the land. 
Okay, so God's going to reward and honor the faithful. They will dwell with me. The one whose walk is blameless will minister to me. No one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. No one who speaks falsely will stand in my presence. Boy, when I read Psalm 101, verse 6 and 7, I'm convicted. You know, uh, I, I love God. I, I want to be in his presence, but God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. It says in 1 John chapter 1, here it says, it, it, the person who speaks falsely cannot stand in his presence. I thank God for the blood. I thank God that we're cleansed and we're washed. I thank God that he doesn't walk around with a clipboard and write down every little thing and, and intention. But we, I think once in a while, we just need to stop and say, God, is there any wicked, deceitful thing in me? God, please. Please make me aware. Have I been honest? Has my have my yes been yes? Has my no's been no's? Has I really had any falsehood? And I'll tell you what, it'll help you to hear and know the Holy Spirit when He's leading you so much better. So uh, Proverbs 21, 6. The getting of treasure by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor. Okay, so you get your treasure, but it's gonna vanish. And a snare of death. I wanna tell you right now, there's about, I got about five or six verses here that directly say lying is connected to death. That's not good. Uh, Proverbs 26, 18, like a madman who throws firebrand arrows and death is the man who deceives his neighbor saying, I'm only joking. And death, again, is connected to this. Proverbs 26, 28. Uh, lying tongue hates its victims, and a flattering mouth ruins work, uh, works uh, ruin. I doubt it when we are being a little deceitful, that we think, or, or we're flat out lying, that we think of the people we're talking to as victims. I, that's what jumped out to me at this one. Beloved, when we are being dishonest in any way, there's always, always, always a victim. It, like I told this story about the child hearing their dad call in the sick uh, to work. There's a victim because that child is learning it's okay to lie. Um, but there's always a victim. There's, it says in Proverbs 26, 28, there's always a victim when, when there's lying. 1 Timothy 4, 2. Through, this, the, through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. You ever met someone, it, you, you literally couldn't trust a single thing they said. Well, it probably didn't start that way. It probably started off as a white lie here or there. And then I, I literally, I, I actually have met people who I don't even know if they know they're lying. I think they've been lying so long. Remember John 8, 44, lying is their native language. Some people are, have been victims of, of serious trauma and they create almost a false reality to cope with their pain. And, and other people, they create a false uh, identity or a false reality and they start spending stuff and saying stuff. And I'll be honest, some of these politicians and some of the, the news people, you go on one news station and you read about a story and it spins it one way. You go to the other news station, the same story completely spun the other way. And I think there are people who they make their living by uh, creating drama and selling it. And I don't even think they know when they're telling the truth, but there's always a victim. 
and they're going to come to ruin and their conscience might get their moral compass com- so you see when your conscience is seared is seared first timothy 4 2 that means your moral compass is off that means the devil can tempt you on other things you might never compromise in so this it just convicts me to take this serious because i really believe in our culture we have an american culture there's this whole idea of what a little white lies okay especially if it protects someone or it gets me something that I want. And we just have to trust God that his way is better. Uh, Revelation twenty two fifteen. outside are the dogs, talking about hell, sorcerers, the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. They won't be in heaven, the Bible says. Psalm 5 says, verse. Uh, this is verse uh, 4 and 5, for you are not a God who is pleased with wickedness. With you, evil people are not welcome. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong. You destroy those who tell lies. The bite, I mean, now there's Ananias and Sapphira right there. God destroyed them. Now, I mean, if I, <laughs> I, I really hope you guys, you don't, no one listens to this and thinks, oh, you know, he, someone said something false in the church and the preacher's going, I, no one that I know of at this church has said anything false. I mean, this is just something, and I don't know why exactly, but something from the Holy Spirit that I felt like I was supposed to talk about. And it, honestly, it literally might just be for me. And so maybe you'll get something out of it or maybe you'll be able to share. And if anybody wants these verses, tell me. I'll, I'll email. I got this typed all out. I'll send you my verses that I, in the way I organize this. First uh, Peter 3.10. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. So what is this thing? This thing, you probably will not love your life and have good days if there's deceit and falsehood. If you read 1 Peter 3.10, it says, guys, do you want to have a good life? You want to love your life? Would you like to love your life and see good days? Okay, keep your tongue from deceit. Wow, isn't that powerful? Now, here's the last verse I'm going to read. James 3.6. You know everything in James about the power of the tongue. It says in verse 6, now notice the three levels of destruction that happen when our tongue is out of order. Now, this is this doesn't just talk about lying. This is talking about being mean and proud and, and anything, any sin that we do with our tongue. But lying is one of them. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. Step one, it can corrupt your body. I believe, like, like we read from science, that, that lying can create everything from blood pressure issues to other issues. Lying can affect your body. That's what it says. And then it says, step two, it sets the whole course of one's life on fire. It will direct you into a path that's not good, not healthy, and it sets your life on fire, the course of your life on fire. And then step three, this is the worst one, a tongue that's out of control, it can be set on fire by hell. Wow. Wow. And so this is just convicting stuff that, you know, for me to slow down, Double check with the Holy Spirit. Am I speaking truth? Am I trying to be funny? Am I trying to get attention? Am I trying to impress somebody? Am I, am I speaking truth? Am I a man of truth? Am I a person of truth? Because the good thing is this world is dark enough right now. When you refuse to compromise and you do the hard thing and you speak truth, guess what? 
guess what? The world will see that and know there's a light in that person. You can be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. So Sandy's favorite psalm, let's go back to that. Sandy's favorite psalm, Psalm 19, verse, I think this is verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Sandy Jared, a wonderful saint, an elder's wife, passed away this past week, and we're honoring her this week, and her funeral is Saturday. And so you might be listening to this podcast five years from now in 2029 uh, or something, you know. But this is, this is February 27th. 2024 and um, this is a message that I felt God had for our hearts. God wants to destroy all the works of the devil and one of those works is lying. Let's pray. Heavenly Father we love you and we need you. Please forgive us and wash us and cleanse us. We thank you for mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that in Christ there's no condemnation. God, just help us to be sensitive. Help us to be aware. Help us not to fear. Help us not to be proud. Help us to speak the truth in love and be light and be salt and be representatives of the kingdom of God on this earth. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Have an awesome week, beloved. I want to be on the frequency of heaven I want to be on the frequency of Christ I want to be on the frequency